I remember a friend of mine who always wanted to work for a major bank. He always he kept on applying to this particular major bank, but he never seemed to get hired. Up until when he made a major change to his appearance. So he caught off his dreads, and for some reason he got hired at that particular bank that he kept applying to. It was a big and tough decision for him because his dreads was part of his identity. He got the job and he's currently excelling at the bank, but he still thinks to himself, if I hadn't caught my dreads, would I still be given the same opportunity? Now, this is an all too common scenario for most black people where we have to conform or to code switch to be able to find success. So this is a conversation that we need to have about the unique challenges and experiences that black people face and how it impacts one's mental health. A quick definition of code switching. Code switching in the corporate world is known as adapting your communication style or your appearance to be able to suit a certain audience or to fit in inside an organization one way or another. In this episode, we're joined by Bobby T. In Edmonton, known as a video creator, but before he started, he was also in the corporate world and he had to deal with code switching and different elements. And he'll be sitting down with us to tell us different stories of how he's had to maneuver certain ways in the corporate world and also how he has also dealt with code switching as a black man in Edmonton. Enjoy. Doing, when you were going through this whole entire process, I remember I had a friend of mine who, um, who was looking for a job mm -hmm. and he, he had dreads. Mm -hmm. And um, he was applying to a bunch of places. He had a bunch of interviews. Um, one of those was big major banks that he tried applying for. Um, he went in there with dreads, didn't get the job. He reapplied again to the same major bank we're talking about. He cut off his dreads, went in there, he got the job. Mm -hmm. And then he came back telling me, he's like, yo, man, it's the dreads that was my problem. I had to cut that off to actually get the job finally. And it was like, oh, if I had knew that was the problem, I would have done it a long time ago. Totally. So I'm just asking, have you ever had to deal with something quite similar to that? 150,000%. So, <clears throat> so many stories around this. Um, so I've had locks now for about 12 years. And it's funny, I had a lot of issues with my locks. <laughs> and what happened was I had this persona that I was uneducated, inexperienced, and of course I couldn't be a business owner in my own shop because of my whole attire, my whole appearance, and let's be blunt, it was dominantly by my locks. It came to a point during university that I even felt that if I cut my hair, would people treat me more seriously? Would I be more perceived more as a stronger, more successful businessman? Would I be looking like a professional? And if it wasn't for, thankfully, the series of conversations, the deeper understanding that I've gotten from my own community, being the black community here in the city, um, my Jamaican community that I grew up with, I realized upon reflection, my locks was my, was my biggest value proposition I could ever have. So to flip things up, here in Edmonton, here in Alberta and here in Canada as a whole, there's not a lot of us. In Edmonton, there's not a lot of black men, um, a lot of black women, a lot of black community here. And so because of that, what happened was slowly, because of my locks, I was going into rooms for the first time and no one has seen someone who looked like me. 
I started wearing my locks as an updo because people started having longer dreads too in general. And when I had this updo, I like, again, there's no one, I, I could quite confidently say in the city, there's no one that looks like me in these rooms. So what happened organically, I started to be able to form stronger relationships with people quicker because they would remember me. So in those obstacles, one of the biggest secret weapons, hidden gems that one could have is how do you stand out from everybody else within your industry? I came across this book where I cannot think of the name of it, or I said, quote the book, um, where it was, it, there was an example about this individual who, sh who sold insurance and what made him super successful and a titan in selling insurance in the industry was he was just a really big man. Like he was just a giant man. So whenever he would come to a room, whenever he would show up for a client, whenever he developed a relationship, his presence would immediately allow him to develop a relationship that he'd be memorable. Yeah. Instantly, when I read that book, I was like, wait a minute. And I started connecting dots where because of me meeting a certain client, because of me trying to sell someone at my clothing store and seeing them somewhere else in the city and them coming into my clothing store, I was like, hey, you own a clothing store, don't you? I started to build a relationship at scaled people where there was someone who met me once a year ago they still, and they remember still. me. I think when it comes to the black community, we sometimes, and I say the black community here in the city of Edmonton, we sometimes want to fit into that mold or that crowd or that perception of being a professional. And nowadays, and especially in this kind of current world that we're in, that's a little bit more global, it's a little bit more transparent. You, what makes you unique is the way you present yourself, the way you look. And I don't know, now because of, yes, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world, you know, that casual look, that yeah. look of locks, that not necessarily suit and tie look is sometimes the more in look where I've seen certain businesses and organizations that if you don't fit that role, if you look a little too square, you look a little too Up like a salesperson, I don't want to work with you. Yeah. The whole dance that a black man has to do when it comes to the corporate world. We know that usually when we're in these corporate positions and you know you want to climb up the corporate ladder, there's less people who look like you. Mm -hmm. And we know that code switching, technically, it works in our benefit financially and we move up the economic, um, socioeconomic ladder. Mm -hmm. But in the back of our minds, we also have the pressure of people who look like us thinking that we are dancing for people mm -hmm. who don't look for us to try and get this uh, socioeconomic structure. Yeah. So as a black man, not even just you, but if let's say you're having this conversation with your son, yeah. that we all know we go through the pressures where we're here and there's certain aspects where people are telling you be yourself, but we know that in the corporate world, there's certain things you can't do AKA being yourself yep. in that environment because every every uh, organization has a certain culture in which we we work in. Yep. But in our community, that culture is seen as more whitewashed. Yep. But it's the lack of understanding that that if you abide by that culture and formulate yourself and mold yourself within that culture, that's what's going to take you further yep. than trying to let's say be authentically yourself and mm -hmm. trying to change the culture to fit you. Totally. Yeah. So kind of again, like if I was having that conversation with my son, I, I'd break down the importance of him truly understanding like who he is. Because 
I think there's a difference between, again, code switching or adapting. Um, there's a difference between understanding the culture and molding and, and being a part of it, but still retaining on who you are and, and sort of formulating that, that item. You know, when we look at success, especially in the higher um, levels, you're 100% you're right. They look a certain way. That's not, that's, there's no anti-verbots about that. Um, they tend to follow a certain thing. And so I would extremely like emphasize to my son and to share with everybody is that it's important that you, during that journey, during that process of adapting, um, picking up different relationships, establishing deeper relationships with certain people and individuals and connections, it's important that you don't lose yourself. And when I say lose yourself, because we're always learning, we're always discovering, we're always, we're always changing in itself, that our roots that are authentically us are always there. End of the day, whether if I'm the CEO of a big institutional corporation, all the way down to the janitor, I mean, if I'm a black man, I will be always perceived as a black man regardless. And so because of that, as a foundation fundamental piece, if I could lean into my own culture, I think that's what will accelerate me into achieving some of those goals or results. But you still have to be adaptive. You still have to almost mend and bold. And yes, you at times will have to cold switch to speak those things. A good example is in my clothing store. I remember with my brother in particular, who also at the time had short, long locks. For, the, for whatever reason, we loved to wear dark colors in terms of the charcoals and black and things like that. And we started to see that when people would come into our store, there was this like hesitation. Like there was this like, whoa, whoa, whoa uh, what's going on here? And it was because we looked, we were intimidated. Like we looked intimidated. Like, like we looked like, a, I guess, two black guys who were wearing all black. So we started to play around of always wearing colors, lighter colors, bright colors, colors, period. And it totally changed the perception of us. We were treated, <laughs> we were treated much more openly and a lot more like almost inviting. And at the time, just upon reflection, I would I would attribute that to a degree as a a level of code switching, but I'd say it's more adaptive. Yeah. We, we were learning from what was working and we wanted to implement more of that. In addition to that, um, because our clothing store was targeting young adults um, and also high school students were really popular, a lot of high school students were coming in with their moms. So we knew that, yes, it's this high school student, but it's the mom who we need to make sure that she likes us and that we're educating and we would talk to her a lot differently than the high school students or the university students because like it's two different cultures two different mindsets it's two different frameworks and it's two different people all together so again i would perceive that as more adapting than necessarily code switching and when we were doing that we saw success we were able to relate there was a relationship being formed and whether it's around the notion of reaching a certain result, climbing a new ladder, reaching a new level of class, I think it's during that journey to really understand who you are. Because if you don't, and I, I, I'm still there, I'm still not there, but if you don't, I think you hit a point that you lose your authentic self and you start to become a mirror of the people around you. And in that mirror, it's easy to get a, to, to break. It's easy to lose sight of yourself. And you reach a point where 
again, because I'm not there, those cliche individuals that you wonder, like, how do you have so many problems? You have millions of dollars. You, you're super successful. You're championing these stuff. And in the extremes, let's be, let's narrow it down. In the extremes of some of the, you know, successful black figures committing suicide as men, how and why? And it's, and especially when they're at the peak or pinnacle of some of the certain levels of industry and genres and stuff, I think it's because they lost who they were. They got into a trap of circumstances and they have a house of cards that have built up through a series of starting off here of a simple code switch that they lost who their true self were. They lost the value of what makes them them and why they're doing and what they're doing. And yes, there might be some other major traumas, but ultimately they did not understand who they were and they didn't know even how to seek help and that causes a rippling effect in extremes of loss of life to also, you know, a loss of family or a loss of important items or success or things like that. Hi guys, you guys must have watched the interview we just had with Bobby and um, today we're bringing in a licensed therapist to come discuss the particular topic of code switching and its impact and hopefully she can provide us with some advice as to how we should deal with this or the consequences of code switching and what that looks like. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Zainab. I am a registered psychotherapist. I have a master's in counseling psychology and I am the owner of Bethesda Therapy. We had the chance to watch our sit down with uh, Bobby. Bobby yes. too. I'm really curious to hear your take on it. All right. Well, a few things come to mind just right out the gates. Um, thinking about that, I think it was a great conversation, um, very important dialogue that needs to be had. And I think there's something to be said about how um, sociological phenomenons, you know, kind of affect us psychologically. You know, there's always that big tie with the two. Um, you know, conversations. So, of course, the code switching and then its impacts. So, in the 60s and 70s, we had the Mad Men era, if you've ever seen the show. And so, um, you know, obviously a very male dominated space, um, which, you know, as men and dress and their, their, you know, behaviors and decorum is typically very uniform. Um, so, you know, the uniform of the workspace became, you know, the suit and that's what everybody wore and so we all looked the same then or they rather <laughs> all looked the same and it made things um balanced and it was an effort to create an egalitarian workspace but obviously if you want to have a multicultural and diverse um you know, workspace egalitarianism doesn't necessarily work. You're looking for more equity rather than equality. And so that brings us to the conversation you and Bobby had, which I thought was very interesting in his way of kind of um, offering some anecdotes about his experience with, you know, presenting with his hair and also, you know, kind of that friend you had also who, you know, cut off his hair as well. And so, um, what we see is some of the consequences to code switching then it looks like an abandonment of your identity um, in a way and then um, kind of letting go of that uniqueness and it brings forth you know a silencing of of you know the person and you know they have to kind of relinquish their position in their cultural space as well so i'm sure we've all talked about kind of or have heard about um 
you know, times when people from biracial communities kind of feel like, oh, I don't belong to one side or the other, you know, it may be similar to that kind of feeling. Um, and so then when we go into some of the like consequences of what code switching can do to a person, we see things like chronic exhaustion in the workplace due to masking. We see things like burnout at a faster rate for people of color and black people um, at work. Um, you know, calling in sick more often, you're more tired, it's overwhelming, the work is overwhelming, being in front of people is overwhelming. Then if you add on, you know, some nuances with personality, um, you know, if you're an introvert, for example, then you might even be more exacerbated by um, kind of being in those spaces. Um, another consequence is the silencing, right? Um, so sometimes when people code switch, what happens is that um, rather than, you know, because they feel like they can't always express, you know, who they are, then it's easier to control yourselves by being more quiet and silent in the workplace. And then you're looked as like, at as like not being a team player. So there's consequences now for you being silent on the opposite end of that, right? So you can't express yourself because what you're expressing is a lie. So there's this duplicitous nature to code switching as well, which is very sad because we have to resort to manipulation um, to be able to survive. And so that's where I think the impact of it is really felt is that you can't be yourself. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to the people around you. And, you know, you spend a third of your life at work. Um, and if that's your purpose and you found your thing and you can't express yourself there, that's a problem, right? And so you have things like anxiety, you know, you can suffer panic attacks at work, you could feel depressed after a long day, or even while you're there. Um, you don't feel like there's anyone who understands you at work, or you can connect to anyone really, and it becomes, um, you know, you kind of trap yourself in this like, thing, this like thing you've created, this lie you've created, and alternate personality that you've developed. So here's my word of caution don't forget the point if you're code switching understand that it's futile number one number two if you're pivoting out of it you can't do it subliminally it has to be head-on it has to be bold and you have to be confident that you're right um and being yourself mm. because there's no other way to be so i would say that's my conclusion and i think bobby's doing a great job but, you know, you can wear black. That's okay. I like yeah. black. <laughs> black is great. <laughs> yeah. I think that's absolutely fantastic. I think mm -hmm. that, like, wraps up the poll for what exactly, like, this topic, where we wanted to head this yeah. topic towards. And um, thank you so much for your feedback. And thank you so much for, like, even advice that you gave on how most people who are dealing with this issue might move because most people watching this will listen to what you've just said and understand okay all right it's almost if i if they don't like me they don't like me yeah yeah, yeah you know and that's 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 an honest fact it's okay yeah it, and it's and it's okay absolutely yeah i think it's something that they would hopefully resonate with resonate with right yeah sure thank absolutely. you so much thank yeah you. my pleasure gentlemen thank you for having me